Roxo Media House. Welcome to Post Game Beers Podcast. We are the Lupton Drinking Club here with you to celebrate our Fiesta Bowl winning TCU football team. My co-host Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors is here. Obviously, we are both there in Phoenix. Um, also joined by Crazy Ray Cartwright and the Soul of Stat, Martin Guerrero. But um, this is a special episode. We've, we've got a guest joining us tonight, Ryan Nanny. He's at Celebrity Hot Tub on Twitter. Uh, you guys may know him by he's the managing editor of secret base. They pump out just a ton of incredible content on uh, SB nation stories that are really unique. They're specific. They're kind of, um, unlike any other type of media that you're probably consuming. Um, or you might listen to the shutdown full cast, which is one of my favorite uh, podcasts to listen to the world's only college football podcast. And funny enough, this is the world's only college baseball podcast. So we have that in common. Wow. Uh, So we're running out of podcast topics. (laughs) If if you want one, go grab it quick. (laughs) Most importantly, he's an attorney and uh, (laughs) we're we're the Lupton Drinking Club, so we can always use a good legal contact. That's right. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year to y'all. You are now all, this is all attorney-client privileged. This is how yeah. this podcast works now. Nothing you say here can be used against you. Are, are you one of those attorneys that doesn't want anyone knowing you're an attorney? Should we should we cut that? From- no, that 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 used so that used to be the case, and now I'm an attorney who's not an active attorney anymore. So it doesn't matter. Like what? Oh, what so you get to do? you get to crap all over all the attorneys now. That's right. I get to just like <laughs> I get to just talk. I, I get to basically be like terry bradshaw on tv now being like i don't know about that pass and it's like terry man come on you're just you're, you're not gonna get out there what are you talking about <laughs> there's worse role models in the world than terry bradshaw that's true that's true oh right so the michigan men they're sad this week um and that makes us pretty happy uh, so overall big thoughts on this you know 51 45 big 12 style shootout that uh tcu took the wolverines this weekend um I said this on Twitter, and I will say it again here. If you had no stakes in this, if you were just watching it as a as a true true neutral, awesome. I cannot imagine watching this game with even like a little bit of of a stake in things. It just was incredibly stressful. And like the other semifinal was a close game as well. But I think the specifics of the Fiesta Bowl about how it just had these huge swings, both in terms of like TCU going up by a bunch and then Michigan coming back and just sort of like, oh, here's a pick six. Oh, here's a long touchdown. It like, was there any, what was the point, if any, where you sort of were allowed yourself to say like, okay, I think this is going to go our way. After the targeting non-call. Okay. Okay. That's my honest to God answer. The literal end of the game is what you're saying. That's my honest answer. I spent the whole second half pacing around the concourse because I've never been to a game with that much pressure Yeah, and where I was so susceptible to so much heartbreak, like never in my life. 
Yeah. I couldn't handle it. I didn't know what to do. I've right. been to millions of games, but nothing ever like that before. And I could not process it. So I had to pace. I walked all the way around the stadium. I watched the Quentin Johnston touchdown from the Michigan side. <laughs> so, so TC was up by 18, two different times. Yes. You know, it was like 21 to three. And then later on in the game, I think it was 34, 16. And that's you, when I was honestly, like, there were so it. many scores in this game. You could say any number and you're probably right. <laughs> it was 73 to four. <laughs> yeah. I that believe felt you. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Very happy for TCU. Um, and it was it was just refreshing to sort of like see a team like TCU probably is the the one team in the playoff this year that Ohio State is this a little bit, but obviously the brand name's a little, a, a little different where everybody's like, all right, we'll let you in, but we're not expecting much. And we're not, you know, we don't think you're going to show it to us. And the fact that not only did TCU win this game, but they did it without playing perfectly. And I think Sonny talked about this today. Right. Like the fact that it, you you don't go back and say like, oh, well, they won the turnover battle 4-1 or something. Right. You know, the fact that they could play a game where Max certainly didn't play his best game statistically or I think just from the vibes of how things were going and that they could still get that win. That was awesome. That was just awesome. Yeah. I think that was our second lost fumble of the year. Like that we talked on our preview podcast. Well, we don't have to worry about fumbles. We just don't do that. And then what what was one of the biggest plays of the game? A freaking TCU fumble. Yeah. Right. 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 It, it, I, I listened to an unfortunate amount of um, other podcasts, you know, to try to get a gauge on just what, th- yep. what things are happening. Yeah. And that game played out unlike anything that anyone said. I mean, no one was expecting high scoring. No one was expecting, right. I mean, any of that stuff to happen. So it was pretty It was weird. kind of like the opposite of the Texas game. Yeah. Right. Where no, no one saw it being a defensive. Story. And that was the biggest, you know, comparison ahead of time because mm-hmm. it's like they're going up against a good, offensive defensive line it's going to be it's going to be you know the game's going to be one in the trenches and it kind of i mean to an extent it kind of was one in the trenches you know just tcu just outmanned michigan yeah so it was was like the tcu oklahoma game but it was tcu was both offenses and oklahoma was both defenses (laughs) (laughs) so Ryan, yeah. um, Jacob and I both went to the game. Okay. And one of the things that I mentioned uh, just before you jumped on was the fact that um, TCU fans were there. It was a celebration. Mm-hmm. Like we, you right. know, our, my wife, girls were dressed up like crazy. I mean, just wearing all sorts of crap. Right. And I, I'm not kidding. Every Michigan fan wore a blue sweatshirt mm-hmm. and a blue hat. And they looked like Jim Harbaugh. And, and I was, I was honestly impressed. I thought it was a bit, I'm like, this is amazing. You guys are here for, this is business. You know, they're, they're, they're on a mission. Yeah. They've, they got the dress code for sure. Dude, it's different. It's different up North. It, cause I talked to a guy in line. He was from Michigan. He said, I haven't seen one girl dressed in purple that doesn't look like she's going to church. What's going on here? (laughs) I don't know. I said, dude, it's just, it's just football in the South. 
Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Some of those church outfits are uh, a little yeah. skimpy then. <laughs> so so yeah. there's all right. kinds of churches, all right? <laughs> non denominational. That's right. <laughs> Ryan, you went to Florida, so you're yeah. used to the SEC. So, so yes and no. Like Florida is the if we're talking about the 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 fashion of the fan base, <laughs> Florida is definitely does not fit this particular mold. And and some of that is just because, listen, obviously everybody who plays in the Big Twelve, in most of the ACC and the SEC, in the Sun Belt, et cetera, et cetera, it's hot. It's hot in September. It's right. usually hot in October. Because Gainesville is in the basically center of the state of Florida and it gets zero ocean breeze, when you are playing a one o'clock or a noon game in uh, in September, it is miserably hot. Yep. It is unbearably hot. So there are – you do not see a lot of like guys rolling up in khakis and polos. You do not see a lot of women wear, like who really like went all out. It is – the jean short thing is real, but it is not – purely because florida fans are a little trashy we are it is also just like a survival thing you need to be able to vent in gainesville in ways that i think you don't necessarily have to in athens or oxford or a handful of other places plus because florida does not have quite the long-standing football tradition of a lot of these other schools it's like well you know who are we trying to impress? Who are we like? What tradition are we upholding? We started if if we started doing all this shit in the '90s, nobody was dressed fancy in the '90s. So why would we start now? Could you imagine an Aggie saying that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> would you say that that the fashion more is for Florida State than that they would be the ones to be more dressed up? That's uh, within the state. That probably tracks. Yeah. Um, Miami is definitely the other end of the spectrum of like, for whatever reason, they have decided like weird costumes are going to be our thing. Like I'm going to be the Miami stormtrooper or whatever. So that's like where they lean heavily, but yeah. Well, that's because they have to hide their powder donuts, right? <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's all that Peruvian party powder. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's and and yeah, Florida State probably is like the quote unquote fancier fan base. But even then, it's like all of this is with a heavy layer of Florida applied to it. Like, <laughs> right? Nothing, your own nothing is that fancy. You know what I'm saying? It's we're your really, own style. Yeah, we're really like saying like, oh, what's fancier, Caravas or Chili's? It's like <laughs> the bar is not super high here. Definitely Chili's. See, I was gonna say Caravas. So. <laughs> Okay, so as a as a Florida college guy, what is yeah. your uh, just opinion on the rivalries there? Like, who do you hate the most? Who do you not care about? Like, right. who tries to be your rival and you're like, I don't care about you? The best rivalry in the state, regardless of how good the teams are, is Florida State-Miami. Like, that that definitely is the king. It has really? the best history. Okay. Yes. I think that is the one that has the best history, that has the most, like, pure hatred and it is the one that I think, because it's sort of played at different times of year, it can kind of sneak up on you. So, like, okay. they've played that game as the season opener. They've played it, like, midway through the year, whatever. Florida, Florida State can be good, but because it's the last, it usually tends to be the last regular season game for both programs, you will often get a, like, well, we're 7-5. and five, We won seven games. You've won eight. Like, this is kind of a wet fart. 
that we're like, we hate you and we want to beat you, but like we already kind of feel bad going into it. There's um, been a lot of heartbreak in those Miami, Florida State games. Yes. Too. Right. Yes. Yes. So would you say that Georgia is more of your pairing, your dancing partner? I think that's probably right. If it, So the other tricky thing here is that it depends on the age of the person you're talking to from Florida. Like okay. some people will say Tennessee. Some people will say Florida State. Some people will say Georgia. I think Georgia is the most satisfying to root against because it's played in a distinctive place and time. It's always, you know, roughly around Halloween weekend in Jacksonville, which is just a fucking crazy place to say like yeah let's play a neutral site game here georgia hates that it's in jacksonville which means florida is going to cling to that as long as they can and for until recently like florida and georgia was a very good game of we're gonna fuck this up for you you're having a good season and we're going to we're going to like cause you a stumble maybe it doesn't keep you out of the sec championship or whatever but we are going to be a real burr in your saddle Tennessee, Florida was just too, just got too one-sided where it was just like Tennessee couldn't win that game. That's not true right now, but for a while it was like, cool, Florida won 14-8. Everybody feels gross. Let's just go home. Let's just be was, done with it. It was like Florida, Kentucky. <sighs> yeah, except now Kentucky owns that rivalry, so I can't talk <laughs> shit about it. Florida and can't even say, beat Vanderbilt this year. Well, so, so how do you talk shit to other Georgia fans? Because we don't spend a lot of time in the SEC country. You know, we're right. we're we're dealing with some cactus gate shit or in uh you know West Texas or, <laughs> so, or, or the Baptists, you know, death south of us. We we've got that stuff to deal with. So I we mean, don't know Georgia at all. It's changed a lot because obviously until last year, it was, you know, you haven't won a title since 1980 long time to be a real proud it's not like it's not like this is a school that was like yeah we care about football but not no it's like they cared and to have to watch a lot of other teams including georgia tech win a national championship before they had won another one but that's out the window now and and now we're sort of gearing up for like well, what is it like to live with georgia as bama more or less because when i was you know my my sort of go-tos are all Georgia was the team that always got close and couldn't and couldn't get it done they were in yep. some ways it was like I guess Oklahoma is probably the closest corollary in the big 12 where it was like yeah, yeah. you played in a lot of big games and you sure don't seem to win them yeah <laughs> that's not true for uh, Georgia anymore now, now yeah I used to have such a low opinion of Georgia like what do they ever do? And right. then I look them up and they're going like, they win like nine or 10 games every year. I'm like, yes. oh damn, they actually yeah. are good. I just yeah. don't notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Georgia's kind of like the way Florida was there in the aughts when Urban Meyer was cooking. Yes, yes. But Florida got natties though. Well, I mean, George, Georgia's got George, a natty. Georgia's got now the one. Georgia's got the one. Like it's sort of memified, but that that championship they they went to overtime with Bama, like – Georgia could have won that game. That was by no means a, like, Obama just stomped them. Yep. Um, and I think I would be foolish if I said, like, oh, after this they're going to drop. Like, there's no signs that point to that right now. <laughs> my, my only hope is that it turns out Stetson Bennett was the secret sauce the whole time. And once he's gone, Georgia <laughs> is nothing. I don't think yeah, that's so true, but I would love it. 
I saw a funny tweet after the game, after the Ohio State Georgia game that said, yeah. well, "Of course, Stetson Bennett's so good. He was uh, understudying Matthew Stafford. Matt Stafford. He was Matt Stafford's <laughs> backup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. aren't they already talking about that as a kind of a, a storyline? Is the fact that he lost his job a couple of years ago and then he gained it back? Uh, similar to to Duggan, you know, it's like, oh, these these guys are sticking with the program, and you yeah. Know, do, do. yeah, I mean, it bears repeating that Stetson Bennett is, I think, it's like two or three months younger than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I didn't make that insane. up. Yeah, but but again, like where where Georgia had like Matt Stafford's a great example. Matt Stafford was a great college quarterback, and he didn't win shit. And that was sort of the thing you had on Georgia for a long time was like, well, who cares how many great players you sent to the NFL or how many, you know, times you've won 10 or 11 games. Like you can't win a conference title. You can't win that. You don't play for a national championship, but the, now it's like, all right, well, Stenson Bennett might leave Georgia with two rings. And I think he'll, he's there. He was their first Heisman finalist since Herschel. Maybe there's one more in there that I'm forgetting, but it's like, it's hard. It's very hard to talk shit to Georgia right now. Yeah, eh, that that Heisman finalist invite was kind of a cheap one. Uh, kind of like a throw him the bone. Yeah, it was a um, lifetime achievement. You could tell yeah, journalists. Sure. You can tell journalists vote for the Heisman based on the fact that he got that invite. Do you have a Heisman sure. vote, Ryan? No, God no. <laughs> I, they don't trust Spencer. So Spencer Hall, my colleague, does. Um, but no, I don't. I don't have a Heisman vote, and honestly, if it, if it was offered to me, I'd be like, "You've made him." I'd be like that guy who accidentally got the Masters invite recently. I'd be like, <laughs> "This is meant for somebody else." This is so. Speaking of Duggan, Duggan, and uh, yeah. Stetson Bennett, do you remember a national championship game that featured two quarterbacks with less off the field swag? Wow. Um... Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the list here because now this is a fascinating question. Could it have been t- one of those Tim Tebow national titles. Um, let's, yeah, Tim Tebow, okay, Sam so, Bradford okay, is not Tebow a Washington. Bradford. That's yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's and that's what oh eight. Yeah, um, I was th- I had to think about like Heupel versus Winky back in like 2000. Yeah, that's that's a pretty strong one. Um, because there's no Joe Burrow or somebody, you know, really cool, you know. No, no. Now, Max is a cool guy. Don't get me wrong. We've met him. We know him a little bit. He's he's really cool. He just doesn't appear that way, you know. <laughs> sure. So call him 30-pack Max like, for no reason. <laughs> yeah, and just we were kind of we were we were kind of making fun of the way he was dressing a little bit, you know. I don't know. The the 2011 National champion, the Bama LSU rematch. I'm checking here because I think I know. Jeez, yeah. isn't that like AJ McCarron? That's AJ McCarron, and that's some, um, some random LSU quarterback. Yeah, it's it's where they were uh, rotating. Ah, shit. Who was it? I'm gonna. This is really gonna bother me, but I'm gonna find it here quickly. Jarrett Lee. That was Jesus. Oh God. God. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was really cool off the field. I don't know anything. about He could him. have been. If that was the case, if that was the case, nobody ever talked about it. But, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think unfortunately it is Tebow Bradford. That yeah. that feels like the fit. Yeah, that's a good one. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, MK, what do you got? What What are you looking forward to the game to? You know, on on Monday. I mean, obviously, I think the storylines 
they're they're almost the exact same that Michigan was is going to you know beat up TCU. They're going to yep. run through them, except Georgia is at a higher level. So I'm it's not I'm not even expecting the same result. I I think I'm just we we've heard the same thing for the you know the uh, second week in a row. What are you looking forward to? Are you you know do you think it's going to be close? Do you think it's going to be a blowout? You know, go for it. We're we're obviously a biased podcast, but yeah, you know, we're open to open to suggestions. So I I think there's no re it would be wrong to I know the spread is two touchdowns. I think it would be wrong to assume that it will be a blowout. Like TCU has shown too much ability to adjust in games where things are not going their way and to sort of figure out what to do to get a game back on track for it to be like, if this is a game where Georgia jumps out to a two score lead, I don't think you should just be like, ah, well, that's it. You turn the national championship off. This is, I think one of the few teams where given the track record, you have to say, all right, let's see what happens here. Um, Part of that is that I think the, and it's funny because I was talking to Melissa about this yesterday when I taped with her, but I think the, the weakness, if there is one, that Georgia has defensively is that elite, speedy wide receivers can be the game-changing thing. That, like, that's what happened with Ohio State until Marvin Harrison Jr. went out and couldn't come back into the game. That's what happened against Alabama in the SEC championship game last year. And so this is not... <sighs> This is a team that you you can get that like one big play where it's like, all right, that's the thing that has put TCU back in the game. The biggest X factor, I think, for me is whether Georgia, what sort of Georgia decides to do out the gate, because so much of the Ohio State game felt like kind of tentative from them, especially on the offensive side where it was sort of like, were they feeling Ohio State out? Was Ohio State doing things that they weren't expecting? Um, were they, did they have a couple guys who were just, you know, it's a month off and while that gives you a lot of time to scheme, was it sort of like, okay, you know, they had a receiver coming back from injury. Were they figuring out some, what, what rust they were knocking off? And I don't know what that's going to look like because to your point, Michigan talked a lot of shit about, the defense that they were going to be playing. And then they had a very bad time until they decided sort of like, all right, well, we're going to let JJ McCarthy run the ball and we're going to make a few changes here and there. But um, TCU plays really sound defense. And I think that should keep them in the game for a long enough stretch, but it feels like, honestly, this is, this is a game that will come down to like breaks and bounces and oh, maybe I can't do and, that again. I, I don't wish it upon you. I don't think <laughs> Not, it'll be fun. I'm still recovering. <laughs> now he's pacing SoFi, which is oh a my lot God. bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because as, as we said before, because TCU didn't need to be like, yep, checked all the boxes, A plus best game we could have played to beat Michigan, a very good team. That tells me that like, okay, this is a team that should be able to punch with Georgia for some amount of time. Then the question is sort of like, does the talent gap show up mm -hmm. in the, you know, 
mid third quarter, fourth quarter, something like that. I don't know. Um, for, for not, not that I, I know you're an avid listener of uh, post game beers podcast, but um, on our on our last one, Jacob did uh, a pretty pretty nice analysis of the two deep for the last five years of playoff teams. Yeah. Okay, so just five years, twenty teams. What does the two deep look like? Yeah, and um, obviously this was the biggest upset, right? Yes. Um, th- there, there's another one. Uh, was it Clemson over um, Clemson Alabama? over Ohio State 2019? Over, okay, so Clemson yeah. over Ohio State. They had they had Trevor Lawrence, but in general, when you get to this level, the talent wins. Yes, and yep. I think we'd all be stupid to say, you know, we're all predicting a TCU win. I think realistically, we understand, you know, it's a tough level, but they keep doing stuff that we're not you know expect tcu doesn't give a fuck <laughs> that, that i mean i mean that matters in a weird way yeah like i think you do sort of have to play this game with a like well who fucking cares right like, it's house money oh, yes. times two they, yes. they don't see it that way though they see it as we're gonna win yeah. you know and, um, and, if, and if something goes wrong they don't give a fuck something goes like if something goes right they don't give a fuck like that after that uh, Quentin Johnston touchdown when, you know, you got however, like 40,000 TCU fans in attendance losing their minds. Tay Barber and Quentin Johnston are just shaking hands and walking back to the sideline. Like that was the biggest play of y'all's damn lives. And y'all are over here like, all right, next play. Let's like go. one thing I think TCU won't do that Ohio State did. Obviously, Ohio State played for a very long field goal at the end of the game. But what that kind of papers over is they also played – they ended up playing for a field goal on the possession before that when a touchdown would have more or less knocked Georgia, it would have at least put Georgia in a very bad place, but instead they, they kind of got conservative kind of didn't really press the advantages that they had that pushed them, put them in scoring position in the first place and settled for something like a 44 yard field goal to just go up six. And it feels like that is not what TCU. I think TCU understands that like when you are in position, it needs to be seven as often as possible. Yes. Like Ohio state has a really good kicker. And I understand that like they they made some choice and and it's not like they did that the whole game, but I think that that is one of the key variables here that you can't decide to, you can't decide to be like, well, we'll try to play a field position here. And like, maybe we can choose some clock here. It's like, no, this is a super talented team. This is a team that like you saw the last drive against uh, that. They Georgia had against Ohio state. It didn't look hard. It didn't look like, Oh, they're really struggling to put this ball in the end zone. You have to assume that they are capable of that on most drives and while yes you're going to, you're definitely going to win some possessions you're going to force some punts ideally you're going to force a turnover or two when you're on offense there needs to be a sense of urgency hmm. and i think tcu will have that in ways that ohio state didn't all and some of that admittedly was ohio state i think at the end of the game was looking around was like well half our fucking targets are injured so what are we supposed to do here yeah, it's, those are really good points, and you're you're spot on about TCU, man. They will go for your throat every chance they get, and they have the guys to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, what is your level collectively of confidence that a TCU will win, or that b they won't win, but people will walk away and be like, "Oh, that was a damn good national championship." 
I'm very, very confident about the latter. Okay. I'm more confident about the former after seeing the Michigan game. Okay. Because, you know, I didn't expect TC to be scared against Michigan, but they for sure wasn't. So they're not going to be scared against Georgia. I think Georgia has a lot of mental edge over teams, you know, and that kind of gives them a little easier path in some games. Yep. And they ain't going to get that with TCU. They're they're not going to back down from them at all. So they have a chance, a puncher's chance, I guess you would say. Georgia's not playing in Atlanta. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing in the West Coast. I think the biggest difference is that I really do think that Michigan – whether they said it or not, was just looking to the next step because they expected to play and, and win a national championship. But who's and, to say Georgia isn't going to feel the same way about this game? But it's an, it is the national championship. So they're gonna, I think they're going to go in with a little bit more juice. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just the, – the way that Michigan came in that game, they were, they were not prepared. They were not prepared from the first snap. And, um, well, you know, they, the first they, snap went 50 yards. Well, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think I think you're right that Michigan, and this has been true of several Jim Harbaugh Michigan teams, Michigan can do a thing where if they come out and they hit on all cylinders and they get out to a good lead and sort of like things are going smooth and they turn you over or they pin you deep or whatever, it's like, all right, cool. We're following the game plan and it's going awesome. But like it's weird that it can take something like, oh, this touchdown was overturned, but you still got the ball at the one, and they can yeah. still sort of like their brain breaks a little bit. Michigan is not a great team at dealing with like something went wrong, and now we have to respond. Georgia, when Stetson Bennett threw his pick <laughs> Ohio State, that Ohio State turned into points, Georgia came right back out and was like, yep, we're still running the offense. Like I think they are more – if if Stetson Bennett throws a pick six to you know any number of talented TCU defenders, I I worry less that that means like uh oh Georgia's on tilt. Georgia's not a team that goes on tilt super easy. So unfortunately, this game's going to be harder. Yes. Is, no, <laughs> yeah, I regret that's to, bad I regret news. to inform you. <laughs> hey Ryan, do you know the stat about uh, college football playoff games and their record when they have to travel farther than the other team? No. No, Martin, I don't know this. Martin, one. tell him this. Uh, I think uh, the the team that's closest. Well, that was just for the semifinals. I don't know. About oh, okay, them. not for okay. the Maddie. But it's, so, it was eight anyway. I thought it was uh, the team that's closest to the semifinal location. Yeah, was like sixteen and three or something like that. Wow. Yeah, and why is that, Jacob? I don't know. You said you said because. Alabama and Clemson are close to the where the bowls oh, are. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah because but by the Orange Bowl and the in the Peach Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And the Sugar Bowl. But it was oh, weird bowl, that yeah. it was weird that TCU beat Michigan, and they were closer. It was weird. So <laughs> just made me look like a genius. Because because I'm I w- I was just saying random shit. Sure. To make Jacob mad. Because he no, had spent make all this. Mad. No, no, but you, you, you had spent all this time looking at uh, recruiting <laughs> websites, yeah. and star rankings. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, we're closer. We're gonna win. And he's like, <laughs> the end. It's always that the red. True. It's always the red team. Yes. Even, yes. Yes. I did, okay, so I did all that research on you know the talent gap and everything, only to say that yes, TCU has a chance to win this game, and when they do, it'll be the greatest upset in college football playoff history. 
That's I just wanted to make sure it was appreciated in the manner it should be. That's all. No, no why. I did I did pick Michigan to win. I think you're both right. That's the exciting part. Yeah, no, we we um I I picked Michigan to go Michigan to win, but we all thought it'd be a really close game and it just kind of came down to a bounce here or there. Yeah, right. So so I always pick TCU. Speak for yourself, Jacob. I picked Michigan or Sorry, I picked TCU to win 51-45. No, you didn't. No, you <laughs> did. Like lying. You. you said like 7-2. to two. No, yeah. I'm not saying we're not having an Iowa football game. <laughs> Ryan, so to take us a little bit back on the rails here. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite memories uh, of just, you know, your path was – the Outback Bowl almost sure. 10 years ago. Yeah. And I don't, you know, we're not, I'm not, I don't want to bring up the Bloom and Onion. I know you've talked about it a million times. However, do you have any, like, um, you know, made your future goals as another mascot? Is there something else you're looking forward to? Maybe, maybe a resolution for 2023 you know, that, that this you want is, to do? Yeah, this is a question that comes up a lot, especially now that, like, bowls have leaned into this a little more and get asked about the Mayo Bowl. Um, oh, yeah. I get asked, people are definitely like, were you the dancing cheese it? <laughs> I was not the dancing, like they get other people to do these things. I assure you the one I have had that I've had for a while. And, and for a while it was like, well, I can't do this because the game's not happening. I really want to come. And this is an impossible one, but I'll throw it out of the universe. Anyway, I would really like to get Ina Garten, the barefoot Contessa and take her to the backyard brawl specifically played in West Virginia. I want Ina Garten <laughs> to be handed a jar of moonshine unlabeled from a stranger and take a pull from it. Like if I could do that and sort of tour guide her through Morgantown once, that would be great. That said, and I, I know I've talked about this before in other places, Ina Garten uh, notably turned down a make a wish child. So she's oh. definitely not going to agree to do me. <laughs> So I know this is a pipe dream. But she'd grab that moonshine. She'd 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 grab a like a, a, a pepperoni twig, a pepperoni a twig, roll a pepperoni roll yeah and come up yeah. with some concoction. Yeah, that would be spot. great. Yeah, it'd be. I I I hope that she could see like oh, Hampton's living is not the only kind of living. There's another way <laughs> that's possible. And if, well, if in a in a perfect world, if I can get Ina Garten to become a diehard West Virginia fan, that'd be amazing. Uh, right. Um, before we send you off, is, is there anything we can plug for you? Anything you guys are working on? No, uh, I mean, secret base or, you know, what's uh, going on? I think, I think you hit everything. Yeah. I mean, because, because we're doing this on, what is this January 3rd? Like I barely know what's going on and what I'm supposed to be doing at, in, at work or any of my various projects. So now I appreciate, uh, all the plugs you gave and, um, yeah, I should probably have something more organized to say here, but you knew, you knew bringing me on here that that wasn't going to happen. So, well, I hope you're ready for the flood of like three new subscribers. You're going to. <laughs> I, mean, I, I cherish every one of them, every one of them, and I I would like to apologize to every one of your listeners who's like, depending on the order these come out, who's like, how do you listen to this idiot with Melissa? Like, why why are they flooding me with this moron? We have a completely different demographic. Perfect. Uh, yeah. No one listens to the same podcast. Perfect. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. Because I said completely different shit with her, and I cannot have this coming back to bite me. So, <laughs> Well, thanks again, Ryan. This is Ryan Nanny at uh, Celebrity Hot Dub on Twitter. Uh, does a lot of great work, and uh, just grateful for your time tonight. So, Say the podcast again, MK. Or what's that? Uh, well, there's shut down full cast, <laughs> you know, shut down, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut down full cast well, podcast. 
Um, and then yeah, at celebrity, uh, hot tub on Twitter. So thanks, thanks Ryan. Appreciate you. Sure.